how's it going, man? All right, all right. Well, let's get to it, man. I mean, the whole world is buzzing about this, especially, the, you know, all the corn fans. And I've been following all the, the reports. But I'm glad that I got to read some of the interviews that you've done, which have all been pretty brief. And the journalists ask you the same questions. But what I'd really like to know is what kind of reunion do you classify this as? Because to me, following the things that you've done, I saw the video footage of you over on at the California Rebellion stage when you sat in. And looking at the schedule of some of the plans that you have for next year, I mean, to me, it sounds more like you're just sitting in as a guest rather than actual reunion, because reunion to me means you're back in corn. You're going to be featured in everything that corn does now. You tell me what's really going on. Yeah, the thing is, it's a, it, it's kind of a weird situation because we're all doing it based on like a trial thing, you know, to see like everyone's so humble now. Everyone's happy. No one, there's no drama at all. But um, at the same time, like we're just—it's been so long that we're 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 going in. Uh, if I'm free, I'm doing it. As far as live shows, you know what I mean. And if I can get my band on some of the stuff, my because you know I've I've been I just signed a record deal with my other band, Love and Death. So yeah. it's like I I have an obligation to this record label to tour with my band. So I'm like. Um, everything they're asking me, I'm like, okay, uh, would it be, you think it'd be possible if I could bring my, my, my other band on a couple of dates, you know, the label's happy, I'm happy, you're happy, everyone's happy, and they're like, okay, we'll see if we can do that. So we're just going by case by case right now, and, uh, we're just gonna see how that pans out, you know, cause it's just kinda, I, I, I got like two full-time, uh, two, one full-time thing I gotta think about while doing that, so that's where I'm at. Now, now was decision to make this move, was it as easy as just a phone call, hey guys, I want to do this, or I mean, was there a lot of soul searching that you had to do first before really deciding on this, or what was the deciding factor? Yeah, because, you know what I mean, like when I left, it was all like, I was like, I just want to start over, I'm just miserable, I'm not happy, I thought money and fame was everything and music, you know, all that, so I was like, it wasn't it for me, when I and when I left and just focused on my daughter, I was—I thought that was it. I was thought, you know, just a new life, you know. And and um, they were doing fine on their own and all that stuff, you know. And then when I played with them last last May, it was just like I, I felt all this emotion and you know, there's there was tears. There was it was just this big thing, you know. It like really touched me, you know. It was more than than anything that I that I thought it would be and it was just like wow and then what happened was James Monkey called me about a month later or something and he was like hey man it was so good to see you and I really loved connecting with you man and and uh he goes if you ever want to do some stuff with us just the doors are open man let us know and then like after we talked for like an hour just about life and then afterwards he texts me and goes hey man I just want you to know like I'm just glad to be talking to you again. It's not about the music. If you don't want to do it, it's all good, you know. And I actually told him the first time, I just thought, like, it wouldn't, that now is not, I don't think now is the right time if it were to happen. But I said, let me go think about it. And I started thinking about it and just, you know, I was praying about it and everything. And I just felt in my heart that it was, now is the time. And uh, it just made perfect sense. So that's a long answer, but that's what <laughs> No, no, that, that's totally cool. That's totally cool. Leading up to that, that moment in May, did you ever think that that was going to happen? Was there any kind of plan in the back of your head that maybe I'll get up? 
to, to join them or? It's funny because I thought about that. Um, first I was like, what if, what if people like try to get me to play a song and I just want to go there and just chill. I don't want to play. I don't want to make a deal about that I'm there. Did, did so, you, did you, probably, purpose, before you went over there, did you like maybe go over a song or two at home? <laughs> was it that? <laughs> did you well, kind of plan this well, out? I play like, I play blind in my in my solo band set anyway because there's you know there's always a couple corn fans in the audience and yeah. so so I play blind anyway and and I play like a medley of like freaking Elise falling away from me and some of this old songs we used to do but mm-hmm. uh, I'm purposely because I was like I don't want to make a deal if like if they ask me if anybody asks me to play with them I don't so purposely I go okay I'm not going to tell anybody I'm going until a day before so there's no time to like plan anything. Seriously, and then when I got there, I got there. I was, I was just watching Evanescence. I was watching Five Finger Death Punch, Stained, all those bands, just having a good time with my daughter. And then Monkey woke up, and then the tour manager for Corn said, "You want to go see Monkey?" And I was like, "Yes." It's been since 2005, seven years is long enough. So I went and talked to him, and just hung out with him. Next thing you know, they go, "Head, come to the meet and greet with us." And so I went and signed like 50 autographs with Corn, and I was like, "I was like, how is this happening?" And I, and I was like, all right, cool. Nice to see you guys. I haven't seen you in forever. And, but now I'm signing autographs with you. It just felt like I was put right back in that position. And it was meant to be. And then, uh, and then I, uh, I gathered with them before the show. I was like, I'm going to the soundboard. I get to watch corn from the audience. My first time. Cool. And then they're like, but we set up a, uh, an, an amp for you and a guitar. So you want to jam with us? And I was like, ah. Just what I was trying to like, I, w- I wanted not not because of anything. It's just I wanted to go watch from the crowd, you know. And I was like trying to avoid it. And then, uh, and I was like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll play blind. And then, so instead of going to the crowd, I sat be- behind Fieldy's amp and all the big production they had. And I, uh, and I did the show. I, I mean, I did that. I watched the whole show right there, and I was just like feeling all the love and and all that stuff from all the crowd, and just like my brothers that I grew up with and and then it just it just touched my heart man and that was it like every, all was all was forgiven everything and it was like oh man I forget the question I just started rambling no 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 that, that's that's cool that's cool um, well you know okay so when you went to go see Monkey backstage that was the first time you'd seen him since you left um yes wow isn't that crazy that's my that was one of my best friends too and uh you know, it's. I saw him one time, about three months after I left Corn. I saw him one time at uh, our bass player's father's funeral, and he was he was really hungover, and like I didn't get a chance to talk to him at all. It was just like, y'all, hey dude, hey how you doing? Hey, bye. So that type of thing. So seven years, nothing. Um, he had reached out to me once or twice, and. Uh, and I just, uh, I was in this place where I just didn't want to be connected with anybody in my old life for a while. And so I feel bad that I didn't reach back out to him, you know, but I think he understands now that I just had to go through the process. What about uh, Fieldy and John? What was the last time you'd spoken um, to I start, I, I John got um, some, his, his uh, blood, something in his blood was jacked up in 2006, and he had to cancel dates in Europe, and he, like, he could have died and stuff, so I reached out to him then. And then I hadn't talked to him. I started talking to him. Oh, 
I play uh, B Riders in Bakersfield in 2011, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 2011, in the in the summer <laughs> or fall. And my tour manager calls me and says Jonathan Davis and his and his family has, uh, and his sister and stuff want to come and his wife they want to come watch you at B Riders. I'm like, what? I haven't seen him since since I left Corn since the last Corn tour. I haven't seen him since then. So, but I talked to him in 2006 when he got sick, you know, and so I just kind of lost touch after that, and I didn't see him since I was on stage with him with Corn. So, so um, he came to my show and just I actually he took me to the Corn studio after my show. He took me around and he was like, "Man, he's like we need you back, man," and, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> slow down, man. That's <laughs> good to see you, you know." But I was so nervous because it's like, you know, that's that's my I always looked up to him as a singer and just he's Jonathan Davis, you know, even though he just, you know, that that quiet little guy that I met, you know, before we got famous, but I was all nervous and then for him to just to hang out that night was surreal, but, you know. When was the last time you spoke with David? Seems like he's always been kind of the elusive one. Yeah, I spoke with him in 2011, too, just through text. And that's when, like, because I just, you know, there's a time. I believe, I totally believe with all my heart, there's a there's a time to reconnect with everybody. And when people would push me, you know, to, to do it, like before it was time. And I remember, I'm trying to be clear here, but like all those years I thought it wouldn't happen. But now that I know that it's, now that it's happening, I could see clearly that it just wasn't time. All these people were approaching me with it. And I was like, get away from me. I don't want to go back to corn. No, I don't want to be famous. I don't, you know, I'm just doing small little clubs now. I just, I don't care about that big stuff. No. And so that's what he was doing. When I talked to David, he was like, dude, let's get back together. We'll make all this money. It'll be all this. And I was like, I don't care about that. Leave me alone. You know, I was like, I love you. It's great to hear from you, but please stop talking to me about all this. And then, uh, but now that I look back, I realize it just wasn't time, you know, and then now the time has come. So I, I wish nothing but, but love and, and blessings and uh, and happiness for David, you know, totally. So there's there's doesn't seem like any chance that he's we'll see him back in. I mean, as far as you can see right now. Um, that's more of like a, a corn question, but as far as I can see, mm-hmm. like definitely not right now. Like mm-hmm. never it's gonna happen. Never right now. Like in the future, I'll never say never ever again because I'm like <clears throat> I used to try to say never with the corn stuff, and now I'm. I'm doing it, and so who knows what the future. But there, man, there's a brother in the band. This guy Ray. He's he's first of all like he's you know there's whatever electronic stuff they've been doing. Like he's right on with the click, and he plays perfectly. But second of all, like like he's like one of the most humble musicians that I've met, and he's like rated like this ultra sick drummer in the world. You know, yeah. so they're they're really happy with. Uh, just how humble this guy is and nice and 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 his chops are like just total like on a high level yeah you you and monkey are like the guys who created the corn sound you know all everything i mean the, the guitar styling that we owe the that created that distinct sound and here we are 20 some years later and corn has gone in all these different directions um now with the dubstep project, which I actually thought was pretty cool, you know, I saw, heard the record and the collaborations with that that John did by reaching out to all those producers. But but what are your thoughts on on that? Um, I think it was very creative. I think they hit the ball out of the park with like the song "Get Up" and and like 
that's that's the that has everything because it has corn it has a, a pump and heavy part it's got a really dark uh, verses eerie sounds and then a great melodic chorus that lifts everything it has all the ingredients i think and then uh my second favorite is the can uh narcissistic cannibal that's it was really good too and uh you know that some of the other songs i didn't like as much but i think it was just a great they always like do stuff that it's just like hey let's let's do something like this that no one would think we're doing you know and just they're not afraid to try new things so so hats off to them for that you know it does it does split people in the middle you know it seems like people either like it or they absolutely hate it so it's like mm-hmm. the trip and i'm gonna i'm gonna get to uh, your latest uh, project with love and death but i just want to uh, touch on a little bit more corn stuff because this interview has been years in the making i've been waiting to talk to you for a long time you know, the, I would have talked to you late, a long time ago. Yeah, it's, it's my fault. You know, the the 20th anniversary of, of the Corns' first record happens next year, and people are starting to talk about it. I mean, such a game-changing record. And you put that on that record on now. I remember when it first came out, and people just didn't know what to do. I mean, people that knew you. I, I worked in a record store when the first Corn record came out, and I remember everybody coming in, and I had no idea the connections to, to Bakersfield, and then next thing you know, that record comes out, blows up. There's a million Corn clones out there. What do you think about that, man? All this time later and the kind of trails that you guys have blazed for an entire subgenre of heavy metal. I'm going to tell you, like, I think about this a lot, especially once, you know, once I gave my life to Christ and, like, got re- real, and and totally got humbled and thought about life and like and just I'm not I totally always think about I love Bakersfield I grew up in Bakersfield people knock it all the time but like my parents still live there my brother lives there I'm there all the time and I always think about like I'm just this little kid chubby kid from Bakersfield who got picked on that you know loved music and somehow got to Hollywood and and got formed a band and the band grew wings and flew all over the world it was like i'm just i trip out on it still to this day and especially now that you know I'm, i've been humbled and stuff and i'm like that just doesn't happen every day and it's like even my dad used to tell me like you know he'd encourage me but he'd say like you know we have a backup plan because you know there's how many thousands and thousands of musicians are trying to make it you know and so like I just trip out on that and how big that record got. And I just, you know, my dream in life was to have a unique uh, guitar sound. And, but I practice all solos with like Van Halen, Dawkins, Motley Crue, Alt-Rat, all that. Yeah. So, but I wanted a unique solo style with music. But it's funny how when we formed Korn, we didn't do any solos, but we came up with these weird guitar sounds and stuff that, it just uh, gave gave us uh, put us in our own league and stuff. So I'm very thankful for that. And I I trip out that this little boy from Bakersfield made it so big. You know, I saw what you know happened with Prince, who when he started embracing more of a religious lifestyle, you know, embracing his Jehovah Witness uh, beliefs, he changed up a lot of his lyrics or just kind of turned his back on some of the songs that were his biggest hits when he started to play live and we kind of saw evolution. What about you with with some of the you know, the corn material. You're going to change the lyrics or will you guys pick songs? How are you guys going to do that? I think that we're just going to, we haven't gotten there yet and we're just going to have a meeting and I said, uh, you know, I just told him, I said, hey, we're brothers, we can talk about everything. You know, that was one of my things. I was like, I have a daughter, you know, and I'm raising her and, and I've taught her different, you know, than, than what I used to do back in corn and, and, um, 
and also I love to go speak places. You know, I love to speak to the youth, and I don't want people, organizations, to be like, you know, oh, I can't come speak here anymore because. So, so I'd like to have like a a, a compromise, but in no way would I have Jonathan change the lyrics. No way. I'd be like, I'm not going to battle over like some f bombs. You know, it's like every everybody like in the music business seems like you know they talk all the same so it's like i'm not uptight i'm there's no way i'm uptight but at the same time like if it passes a certain level to where it could affect my like to where i got to talk to my daughter about stuff you know and and my speaking engagements Mm -hmm. then you know we'll talk about that and they're totally cool like there's so many cool songs there's a huge catalog we can we can just say hey man uh that might affect like a speaking thing I'm doing. Do you mind if we just, you know, leave that one out and pick like this one, you know, but there's no way I'm going to be uptight. There's no way that, that uh, I would ask anybody to change who they are. Yeah. Cause I, I love, I love, love is the strongest thing. You know, and I love, I love everybody like as they are, you know? Now what's the biggest misconception do you think it perpetuated in the media about you? Probably the biggest misconception is everybody thinks that corn is raging alcoholic drug addicts and their strippers every night, naked girls everywhere, like it was back in the day. When in reality, it's totally different now. There's been new uh, marriages, new new um, children coming into people's lives, and everybody has gotten their life together. And there's there's none of that crazy stuff. It's all about the music and the fans now. It's not about getting wasted, having chicks, getting eight balls of Coke, all that's gone. All of that's gone. And that's the reason why I'm, uh, that's, that's a big reason of the, of why I'm coming back is because it's all, it's all clear. There's no more drama. There's no more drugs. There's no more all that crazy stuff. So, so people are assuming that it's just like that still. And so I, you know, I look forward to telling everybody that it's nowhere near that. It's totally opposite, actually. And now let's talk about Love and Death. You know, that's a whole other story. Yeah, Love and Death. It's my. Uh, it's the band I started um, after I left Corner, put out an album in 2005. Save Me From Myself was my solo album. I did YouTube auditions. I hired my band from YouTube auditions. I took them on the road. We became friends, and uh, we started. I was like, you know what? Let's. You guys are good musicians. Let's. Let's write together. You know, it's, I did my solo thing. Let's let's do it and come up with a band name. And so we all agreed on Love and Death. Came out came out swinging. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've interviewed a lot of the big uh, Christian Christian pop groups. I mean, I've interviewed everybody from Newsboys, all, you know, on down for all the some of the biggest groups in the, the Christian pop Christian rock genre that have been around for years. And I was talking to uh, one of the guys from Newsboys, and I said, you know, I remember back in the '80s, uh, the original Christian rock was not what we hear now you had Christian punk but now there's Christian speed metal etc on down the line but the one thing is always was different was of course the, the lyrical content how hard was it for you to make that transition into writing Christian rock lyrics as opposed to some of the, the stuff that you were doing with corn so that it doesn't sound I don't know I don't want to say that it might sound corny but trying to do like a metal song and then trying to quote verses out of the Bible inserting it what was your kind of artistic direction crafting a song yeah, that's um. Well, first of all, I don't like the I don't like the band to be labeled like Christian rock because it's like I don't want to be put in a box like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm everybody knows it. And 
you know, some of the guys in my band are and and uh, were were by no means like your every like average, you know, just what people would think as as like Christian music, but we're, we're not ashamed of. I just don't like to be put in a box because I want to get out and play with. Uh, I don't. I don't. I hate when people label you like Christian rock and then and then you're stuck in the. You know, just in the in that bubble. You know what I mean. I would I would like to do both. So, but I never was a guy that um, that that did the real religious stuff in my songs. You know, to me, it's all about being real. And my I feel like my gift is singing about pain, singing about trials and tribulations in life, and and finding a way out of out of those things. That's what that's what my gift is. And so. To me, that's not that much different than corn. You know, it's like Jonathan saying about pain a lot. You know, I mean, I mean, of course, a lot of the songs, like some of the songs, he got real crazy and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just I love that about Jonathan that he was always so real, transparent. He just laid it out there, and so you know, he's 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 definitely an influence. You know, on on when I write lyrics, it's just like you got a Christian or not, like whatever you are, just be real. This if you're if you're given like a platform and stuff, you you owe it to the generation, you owe it to the youngsters out there to be real and who you are. And uh, and I think whatever you stand for, like people respect that at, at the end, you know. Corn outlived pretty much everyone from that original new metal era and retained, still have that integrity. You guys are kind of like the Godfathers, you know. We talked about the first record coming out and just kind of continued on from there and still do really well but do you think corn as you know as music has changed so much do you think corn is as musically relevant today as you guys were in 94 well it's difficult you know because rock all of rock isn't as relevant you know rock music is totally like just kind of shunned with uh, pop culture and stuff now you don't see none on mtv you go it's all hip-hop and, and like Katy perry stuff you know <laughs> rihanna and all that it's like that's all the labels are putting out besides a select few, you know, and uh, there's just not a lot of publicity for rock music, so I think it's all suffering. So, but um, but again, like, I mean, I'm going to play, like, probably in front of, like, close to a million people in Europe with corn. It's like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're very, like, relevant, and, and, and it's just, uh, you know, doing full arena tours, uh, I think that's that could be done easily, like back in the day, if we get a good package together, you know, like some of the some of the bands that you know, just get a package together and you could totally fill arenas with corn. So I think it's it's relevant like that, but I think rock music has definitely suffered. And uh, dude, we 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 may be like you know, in, we hit forty and everything, but I'm telling you, like I, I don't. None of us look or feel forty. I don't think so. You know, it's like we st- we're still gonna go out there and, and kick butt. You know. I saw a picture of you guys uh, on Facebook in one of the captions, and it's also on the Wikipedia now. With you in the picture with the rest of the guys, it says, "I think the caption on Facebook is, you know, 2013 is going to be a good year for corn." With you in the photo, how big do you anticipate it to be? Oh man, I don't know. I'm just I'm just going along for the ride. I'm like, whatever's whatever's meant to be is meant to be, but. I just, dude, I just love connecting with my my friends and my my family from Bakersfield, you know. And I love to see, like, hanging out with Jonathan and seeing him, like, play with his kids. And, like, 
he's such a great dad. He's such an off. You take. I told him the other day. I was like, man, you take your rock stardom away. You're you're a flipping awesome dude, man. You're he's so he's so humble and gentle, and like, I just love being around them. So however, that's first. That's the foundation. And however big it gets, you know, let's bring it. Let's go do it. <laughs> Well, the stuff that's being reported now is you guys are going to do some sh- some shows overseas, and so there's kind of maybe four or five shows that are confirmed with you teaming up. Is that is that about it? Are we going to see more than just four or five total? Or are we going to see like possible like some legs of tours? I think it's possible. We're going to go over there and and just get on the road and hang out and see each other every day on the road, you know, and see how the road life is with everybody, you know, and then we're gonna. Uh, and we're going to see what happens, and we're going to talk about it probably halfway through that tour. If and there's a good possibility we do come back and do um, some shows in the states. Are you guys kind of like the Eagles, where the attorneys have to do all the communicating, or did you guys actually have a meeting together and make the decisions yourselves, and then let the attorneys know? <laughs> well, I uh, it's pretty simple actually, because you know we're all we're all Baco boys that grew up together. So it's like I remember I asked them and the manager one thing. And then, like, two minutes later, I got a phone call from Jonathan, and he goes, he goes, man, F the managers, man. Let's just, uh, let's, talk, let's just talk ourselves, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's cool. That's pretty cool. And, uh, but, you know, as far as contracts and stuff, like, we're, obviously, that, that comes in later, but, um, but it's all good. Yeah, it's, it's basically us just talking to each other, and everyone's so humble now. It's like, it's like, hey, hey, do you mind if this happens? And they're like, oh, dude, no problem. And they tell me the same thing. I'm like, yeah, no problem, you know. So it's really cool. You have a personal message for all your uh, Bakersfield fans who've waited for this type of news to happen? Yes, I would tell all the Bakersfield fans, man, I love them, and I, and I miss them. And, uh, you know, before it wasn't time to do this, but the time arrived, and uh, I look forward to to jamming with my brothers and we're all a big family you know the corn and the corn fans and it's just like you know we it seems like everybody like the diehard fans went through so much crap in their lives and so did we so to see restoration happen in in this kind of way you know in my life with them is like just very uplifting for me and totally i hope it's for for the corn fans too and and uh i'm down with bako always was always will be all right, Brian. I appreciate uh, you being so candid and taking the time, man. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to speak after all these years. You know, welcome back to uh, to the group as a as a longtime fan myself, man. This is really good news. And uh, dude, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Thanks, brother. I'll talk to you next time. You got it. Take care. Bye bye.